So there it is, folks. Quit your jobs. Quit your jobs. That's what we're getting at. Build a hut in, in Hawaii. And find your island. Sell your wares. That's my dream. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Hello. Welcome back to Shit They Don't Tell You. I'm Nikki Limo. They call me the Woo King. Is that what they call you now? That's a new one. Because you're always like, woo! Yeah, woo! That's not why. That's not why. You are. You do seem like a Woo King. The people who know, You're that they know. guy. Crypto Corner on Patreon, on YouTube. They call me the Woo King. Are you going to elaborate or no? Well, um, you know, there's a particular coin that I got a lot of my uh, Patreon um, Crypto Corners into. And it has been exploding a bit. Uh, so everyone's been calling me the Woo King, that's all. Okay, well, and if you have no idea what Steve is talking about, but you're interested, you're maybe into crypto, but you don't quite know what to do, you can head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash sticky, S-T-I-K-K-I. Um, he does a live stream every week, it's right? Like, Sometimes like multiple times. Yeah, yeah answers everyone's times. questions. It's awesome, but it also ties into what our topic is today, mm. which, by the way, bear with me. We're doing something new because I have a couple ideas of what I want to talk about, but I don't really have like, I don't really have like a solid like this is the topic. Gotcha. There have been a couple concepts that I read a lot of books. You guys follow me, know that I I like books. I like books. I'm uh yeah I'm a nerd, but only nonfiction books. Um. And there's a couple concepts that have been getting brought up in multiple books that I've been reading. And I've heard of these concepts before, like I've, they've been uh, brought up in other books, but because of the frequency that they're, they're getting shown to me, I'm like, maybe I need to talk about this. And also it got brought up in conversation the other day when I was talking to Tiff, Tiff, or my friend Tiff Del Real came over from JK mm -hmm. and, um, this topic got brought up again. So I was like, you know what? We're going to talk about it. And that is the concept of being a beginner. Oh. Okay. So when you're first getting into crypto, maybe you don't know what you're doing. Maybe you're a beginner, you <laughs> know? Was, do you was, remember those days? He was such a simple lad. <laughs> and of course I do. Yeah. So how it got brought up when she, when Tiff was over was um, we were talking about candle making. I Because I had just, it was right after Mother's Day and I had just made candles for the moms in my life and I'd given her a candle for Mother's Day and she was talking about how she always wanted to learn candle making and she never did and then she said there's a lot of things actually that I've wanted to learn but then I really don't know how yeah right and I was she's like how do you just learn and I've gotten asked that question a lot on my vlog channel too because I like to vlog everything that I learn and I don't I don't know I'd never like had someone face-to-face -face directly asked me that question before like how do you learn um i love learning that's a fact i have ten thousand hobbies because i just like learning new things see i don't and i get really excited I to don't, learn new things i don't get excited to learn new things i get excited to learn things that i'm interested in Mm -hmm. then I go nuts. Well, yeah, it starts with an interest okay, okay. for sure. Cool. It's just that I don't have just a select few interests. Like I'm seriously interested in so many things that I've actually gotten mad at myself for like being so interested in everything because I wish that I could just focus on like three things, you yeah, know? And I, and I think our, honestly, I think our education system set up in a way that makes people scared of learning because yes. they got forced to learn so much shit they didn't want to learn about or like didn't care about. Yeah, and then they didn't get caught. This shit they don't, don't remember, tell you. And they don't remember it even. So like, what did what, what, you learn? Yeah, you don't get taught how to learn. And um, I think part, you also in our education system get drilled into you not to fail, you oh, know? Yeah. And so it creates this fear <clears throat> of failure. Like you don't want to try anything that you haven't vigorously studied because you might fail at it. And I think it it scares people from, from trying. Where I feel the opposite way, and I think this is important, and I wish that more people knew this concept of like embracing failure. We have a topic on that. I think there's one about failure and just like how you can yeah. use failure as a tool yeah. to su succeed. And I really believe that it's an important aspect of um, learning. And I can't wait to see what my first failure is because I enjoy also the problem solving aspect of it. 
And Mark Manson, by the way, and we've had him on the show, but he's the author of Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Um, he actually w- posted about how happiness is not from a lack of problems, but it's actually from solving problems and then also from upgrading the type of problems I that you have. I believe that. And that is so freaking true. Like, just constantly succeeding at everything doesn't bring you happiness. It's like when you have something and you're like, oh shit, I didn't anticipate that. And then you work through it and you know how to solve it. And then you know how to solve that problem going on forward. And that creates confidence and it creates this like, this it's joy addicting. and it's happy. addicting. Yeah, it's very addicting. Yeah. And I feel like I only really get to experience that at a high frequency when I'm a beginner at something. For sure. And it has to be something that I'm interested in for sure. Um, but yeah, I just wish, <laughs> I wish I could stick to a couple few things. Um, it started out with this conversation to, oh, so, oh yeah, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. So when I first see something like the candle making, for example, I saw it on TikTok and I was like, I like, I want to do that. You know, that's how it always starts for me is I see something that I feel like is cool and I'm like, I want to know how to do that or installing the chandeliers mm-hmm. or like any, you know, we're really anything where I'm like, wait, they can do that. I want to do it. It's that's just, what happened to me when I built a Bitcoin miner with my brother. Yes. I was like, dude, I can fucking do it. And all the graphics cards and stuff were like constantly sold out. And anytime I went to a computer store with my brother, there are people there hunting for graphics cards. I'm like, hey, do you want to do a team? Do you want to do a team where we all mine together? And I'm like, fuck you guys, dude. I'm going to do this shit myself. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it was super interesting, like troubleshooting it with Nate. Yeah. And like learning how to build it, getting it done, and then how to like cool it. And all it's like crazy a puzzle. He's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's like, or like anything, like where you, like a pet you take care of. I always refer to like inanimate objects as my pets too, like my plants in my um, hot tub because I have to maintenance them, but mm-hmm. they they each have specific needs and like I enjoy learning about those needs. Or when I have a plant die now, I used to just thought, I used to just think plants died on me, but now I'm like, oh shit, they each have like specific needs and now I thoroughly enjoy when a plant is having a problem and I fix the problem. See, you just turned a lot of people off on plants right now because that just turned me off on plants big time. Aww. Knowing that if you have a bunch of plants, you got to figure out the different needs. Well, just is start like, with one. That. Start with one. Oh, fuck oh that. so that leads into what I was going to say is that when I have an interest, I tend to go like from zero to a hundred, like balls to the wall. And I don't recommend that. So when you, when I have a new interest, what I used to do was I'm like, I want to do that. It looks like I can do that. I'm going to learn how, and then I just do it. And I'm relatively good off the jump. So then I just keep going, but I don't take the beginner classes. I would go straight to the intermediate Yeah. because I'm like, Oh, I already know all the basics, you know? And that's not what you should do. What you should try to cultivate is a beginner's mindset, which is, I don't know anything, you know, teach me from the ground up. Cause then you, once you know like the fundamentals and the basics, then you can actually excel. Cause what would happen is I would start at the intermediate and then I couldn't excel past that or past advanced because I thought, because I had never learned the basics, you know? And so I, this started with Dance Dance Revolution in high school. (laughs) I was addicted to Dance Dance Revolution and I was pretty good at it just right off the bat. Um, with Great the, workout, the medium and the medium level. And then when I go to advanced or anything past that, I could not finish the well, freaking song. Who can? Well, I can now, really? but what I had to do was I got the at home version and I was getting super frustrated cause I couldn't advance. So I decided on a whim to just take the tutorial part. And I was like, this is going to be so dumb, oh. so easy. I already know what to do. But what I found was I was my foot placement was off. The way that you, for like a for the best possible foot placement you could have is to have them starting on the two side arrows. And I didn't know that. I thought you started in the middle. But from starting at the two side arrows, you have better access to the other arrows, and you can hit them a lot faster. Mm. And you, if you don't start there, you don't give yourself the opportunity to advance to better levels. Um, but I didn't know that because I didn't start. With the fun, with the fundamentals. You know, when Peyton Manning had his his injury and he had to get surgery, he basically there's a famous story where he's like best quarterback in the NFL at the time. Like you know what I mean? Everyone's like, holy shit, Peyton Manning went down, but he'll be back and all that stuff. 
um, he throws a pass for the first time, like under cover of night, like in a very secret place, right? Yeah. And they said the ball, he threw it and it was like his arm was like a noodle and it barely even like went five feet in front of him. That's so sad. And they were like, he's fucked. It's oh, over. Shit. And he had to, like you said, fundamentally relearn the entire position yeah. of quarterback with his body From and ground the, up. The, tick, the, the little ticks, the movements that you do. This is one of the most famous people on the earth at, at playing the position, and he had to relearn it from the ground up. Be humble, mm-hmm. go back to the fundamentals, learn it all the way up instead of starting. You know, I'm Peyton Manning. I'm the fucking best quarterback. Yeah, see, imagine if you approached it from like, what? I don't need that. I'm right. already an expert. So we'll actually tie tie into that later because I'm going to talk about how ego plays into this. But first, I wanted to go over this concept that is in the most recent book that I'm reading, um, which is called The Mental Game of Poker. So I started getting this really... Is the new game you're obsessed with. Yeah, the newest, the newest, most interested thing that I'm into right now is uh, poker. And I've played poker for a long time, but never seriously. And then recently, I'd say within the past three to six months, I've just been playing nonstop. And Steve got me a poker set for our anniversary. And I just started getting into like actual serious strategies. And then Joe Jitsukawa, shout out, recommended this book, Mental Game of Poker. But this book is great because not only is it about poker, but it's also about concepts that can be applied to life and then any, really any skill or hobby or or anything you want to get better at. Um, Because it's about the psychological aspects of it. And he starts with these chapters about the adult learning model. Have you heard of this? No. ALM. Um, we probably have, but maybe not the title. I didn't think I did either until I actually read it, what it was. It sounds like a cryptocurrency. Um, <laughs> but it's so important that he puts it in the first few chapters and says that you, once you get past these first few chapters, you can skip ahead and just go to the the troubleshooting, the your weaknesses and your like areas that you needed improvement on, but you cannot skip these first few chapters. And these first few chapters are about the structure of it, the fundamentals, the basics of just how to get your mental game straight because you could be so good at poker or like an advanced level at poker, but you can't advance further. You can't become expert level because you never started with the basics of getting your mental straight, Mm. right? And so the adult learning model is four levels. The first level is unconscious incompetence. You've heard of this. Have you heard of this? Fuck no. Okay. The first level is unconscious incompetence. The second level is conscious incompetence. The third level is conscious competence. And the fourth level is unconscious competence. Okay. So I'm going to go over that. The first level, unconscious incompetence, is when you don't even know what you don't know. So like you're blind to any of the ways that you lack skill, which isn't necessarily good or bad. You know, so for some people, ignorance is bliss, right? Level two is when you're consciously incompetent. So now you're conscious of what you don't know. Right. You, uh, it doesn't make you skilled because you don't know it yet. It just means you know what skills you need in order to improve. Um, becoming conscious happens from either your own insight or insight that's shared with you by, some, by someone else. Um, oh, by the way, this book, I don't know if I said this mental game of poker by Jared Tendler. Mm. Um, Level three, he didn't come up with this learning model, though. I just so fuck to, him. I just want to make sure that he is like it. credited. Give it and you took yeah. it away. Okay. Level three is conscious competence. So if you've reached this level, then it means you've done some work. Um, you have had enough repetition to gain some skill. The only catch is that in order to be skilled, you need to think about what you learn. So while you're doing it, you have to think about every little thing while you're doing it. You know what you're doing but you have to be very conscious about it while you're doing it. And then the last level is unconscious competence. So at this level, you've learned something so well that it's now totally automatic and it requires no thinking. Improv, baby. Exactly. 10 years. Unconscious competence is the holy grail of learning and by far the most important concept in the entire book or at any skill. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, then he gives the example of, you know, driving. So learning to drive a car. When you're a kid, you barely even knew what a car was. You know, you're like, oh yeah, my parents take me in it to go places. You don't know what you don't know. You don't even, you're not even thinking about learning to drive a car. You're just, there's a car. Mm -hmm. The second level is like, okay, you're a teenager now and you know you want to drive a car, but you don't even know where to begin. You like, you're aware 
that you don't know how to drive this car, but you want to, but you don't, but you don't know how. Then you get to driving, learning to drive the car, and now you can drive, but you have to think about every little thing, your rear view mirrors, you have to think about, um, you know, shit changing lanes, checking, putting your blinker on, parallel parking, being aware of other drivers, you know, all of that that goes into driving. And then after a few years, you're not even thinking about it anymore. You just, it's automatic, mm -hmm. right? You get, sometimes you get home and you're like, how the fuck did I get home? I don't even remember. Right. <laughs> We're going home. That's um, what scares me about you driving. <laughs> you get that way too. I Everybody know. gets that way. But when you like are thinking. What's great about that is um, I still don't feel that I've mastered it even then. Driving? No, just well, you the, haven't. the unconscious. No, no, you fuck you. You go the wrong you, way all the fuck you. motherfucking That's directions. time. Maybe you should master maps. <laughs> I love you. I love you back. But no, but that that's the um when I'm interested in it. Yeah. It never goes away. Like I always want to know more and learn more about it. Even though yeah. even though I've reached that point like with, with improv especially because I did it for so fucking long, it was like disturbing. Yeah. Um and then I did it on my YouTube channel for years and years, so and I do it on JK for years now. So it's just a constant part of my life is like listening, yes anding, like yeah. the game, paying attention, writing. All that stuff is built into that, but I'm so interested still. Well, you can be in the zone more often at this level and still have areas of improvement, right. you know? And it's just that when you do hit an error, you're like, whoa, it yeah. kind of jolts you out of it because you're like, wait, and then you know what to work on. So it's kind of exciting because you're like, oh, I don't get much to work on these days. You're just mostly practicing. Right. Like you're constantly doing it. You're in the zone more often. You're... Um, you're just in the flow. You're like in flow state, right? It's where I feel the most comfortable. Yeah, and it's great. Yeah. It's just that your weaknesses are like few. Mm-hmm. Right? And then it happens with driving too. Like driving a car, there's still like gonna be this rogue driver every now and then that you have to be a defensive driver about and you're like, oh shit, you know, like that guy almost merged me or I almost merged into somebody or whatever. Um, but if you're good, you make that guy look like a great driver. That's the key to improv that when I was a shitty improviser, I didn't know. Yeah. You make it look like he he's supposed to be an asshole driver. Exactly. He's great he's doing at great. it. He's doing great. He's doing real good. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then after you have, like while you're doing this process, um, it's just important to have a system uh, where, and you talked about this with the writing episode, uh, where you start with a preparation where you always have like, a way to put yourself in a certain mind state. A ritual. A ritual. Something that you do. A song that you listen to. Mm -hmm. a, a, maybe a, a sentence you say to yourself. Like maybe something. Both. Something that puts you in that mindset. Then you have the performance stage where you do the thing. And you just like are completely in it doing the thing. After that is when you get the results of that performance and you evaluate the results. Mm -hmm. You do not try to evaluate the results while you're in the performance stage, which is what a lot of people do is like when they're trying to work on something is like they're trying to very consciously evaluate whether they're doing a good job at that thing. Yes. But that makes you do a worse job right. at that thing. So right. you, when you're in performance mode, you should just be performing. That's great. Then you evaluate all the results and then you analyze what your weaknesses are and what areas of improvement, and then you just try to work on those. And then you do it all over again. And then repetition, 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 and then that's how you eventually get into the unconscious competence state. So I just felt like this is something we should all should have learned in school before learning in school. Like, right, like why don't we learn how to learn? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's really just they tell you what you're supposed to think a lot unfortunately yeah and not how to learn like how to how to critically think they or tell you that. what to do but not why to do it right and and how to maintain it yeah and my best teachers could always explain up down left right like backwards and forwards on whatever the topic was yeah and that was always very they made it more interesting they made it like more dimensional instead of it just being flat my best teachers told me why i think i really since i was a kid i needed to know why we're doing something a certain way. Why this doesn't work, but this does. Why we do it this this particular way. And sometimes when you ask why too much, people feel interrogated. But I'm it, I genuinely need to just know that missing piece of information so I know. Oh, okay, this is why we do this. And then I know each time like why that happened. And that way, if something breaks down, 
I can go like back step and be like, well, that shouldn't happen if this happened. And then I can find the error that way. But I have to say, you sound a little bit like a computer when you say it like this, right? Oh. And I, what I want to help you do is help people who are listening to this understand that you are one of us as well. <laughs> <laughs> and that you, 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 you too have like your moments where you're like, oh, I'm frustrated. I can't learn. Oh, this. I get so frustrated. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I, need, I need to hear a little bit of that too. Thank you. Oh, okay. Well, I try to vlog that right. stuff. Yeah, you do. Because I, I, and I really, tr I don't practice before I vlog anything. Like when I'm learning something new, like I want any mistakes to be shown and then talked about. And I feel like I do that in life too, you know, like we do have fights in our relationship and then we talk about them yeah. or like how we got through them. Like I like the process and I wish that there were more people showing the errors and how they got through them in real time so that it, it doesn't feel like, oh, just everyone knows what the fuck they're doing except for me. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I really hope that that, that, that you, you get <coughs> the, that from this. That makes sense. Um, so... What was the question? Did you have a question? Uh, no, just, yeah, I just wanted you to, to remind everyone that you're not just solvy person. Here. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. It's not like the solving comes easily. Right. Like the solving could take days, but it's really rewarding when the solve, when it's been solved. And I feel it's like in math was always my favorite subject in school. Um, I know it's like not everyone's favorite <laughs> subject. You just lost. No, I'm so audience. sorry. Just turn it I'm off. I'm so sorry. But it wasn't because I liked math. I didn't really like math that much. It was just that I felt like a genius when I got finally figured out how the uh, formula worked, you know? And then like once I knew how the formula worked and I got it right a few times, it made me really excited to continue solving more problems because it's like, oh, now I know. And it's like light bulbs went off. And that's exactly how I feel like when learning any new skill is like, I'm like, wait, I learned it. I researched it. I watched a bunch of videos on it. I read a bunch of tutorials. Like I sh like, but then when I'm applying it now, it's not working. And like, it's frustrating. But then once it gets solved, it's like, oh, that's why. And then I just want to keep doing that thing over and over again, that problem. It's like when in Mario, like in Super Mario where you can't beat a level and you're like, this is the hardest fucking level I have ever hey, been on. Now I'm back. Okay, you're back, right? Got it. And you're like, you can't get past this ghost. Like there's, you can't you, get past you, it. Well, if you turn around, it comes right at then you. Then you solve the problem and you, you just jump over you him. lure him to a, a level where you can jump over him yep. or you lure him away from where you need to go. And then you keep wanting to beat that fucking ghost because you're like, oh, I know how to, I know how to solve you now. No, I want to get the I fuck out of that level. I, that level. I hate that level. Yeah, but you're going to get more ghosts. But now I, you know. I don't want more ghosts. I don't I want, want, but there's, I want all, to go to the water there's level. always going to be more ghosts. I want ghosts. to go to the water level. You're going to have fish then. And I fucking hate those fish. I hate those fish, yeah. yeah. But they're not the ghosts. At least I can turn around for a little exactly. bit. Exactly. So the fish have a different way you have to solve that problem. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so what I'm trying to say is when you are a beginner or you're in this mindset, what it really helps to do is um, kill your ego too. And this is where I was like, well, these are kind of two separate separate topics, but they tie into each other because continuously being not an expert at something automatically adds humility. Um, it makes you embrace failure and it makes you temper your ego because you can't really have an ego and continue to learn. If you already think you're the best at something, you can't get better. Um, and if you think you're the worst at something, you don't even want to try. And both of those things are ego. Both. I envy those people, though, who are so secure with something that they're like, I got this mm -hmm. every time. Like, I never do that. I might sound like I am like that, but I... You do that with directions. Fucking A. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like, it, I, I envy yeah. the kind of delusional person who's like, I got literally all of this covered. Yeah, so that's that was that level one that I was talking about where you don't know what you even don't know. And some people thrive because ignorance is bliss. Right. It's like, cool, that guy gets to think he's the best all the time. Fucking A. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't know that he sucks. So that's, I don't know. I'd rather have that too. For sure. Sometimes, but I don't know. Since I can't have that, I have to be a lifelong learner instead. I think lifelong learning is something that everyone should have because it, it really is so fun and it, it keeps you out of, you know, a lot of adults, sorry to use the hard A word, but they just like get so monotonous and negative and bitter. And that's when they get 
angry all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's always, I find it very frequently in highly intelligent people, like academics, like people that they're just angry and depressed all the time because they, in their heads, a lot of them have just determined that they're experts because they're experts in one field, they're experts at everything and they must be smart at everything. And so they're no longer open to being a student or to not knowing, you know, or to admitting that they don't know. And dude, I love that Neil Tyson. I really do. But if you listen to him on any show, it is so frustrating because he doesn't let anybody fucking talk. Oh, and he just keeps on going. And you're like, bro, just it's okay. We got it. You're the smartest dude here. No question. <laughs> yeah, dude. But yeah. just chill a little bit. Just chill a little bit. I haven't seen him on very many shows. Dude, when he's for... on with Rogan, it's like brutal. Like oh. Rogan can't even get a word in. And sometimes you see Rogan go like, ah, and he's just like, like he even like does these like things with his face where he's like, fucking A. Yeah. And like, but Neil Tyson isn't used to anybody being there who doesn't want to just hear him go on and on and on. And yeah, it's just very funny. Yeah, exactly. And so a lot of people go through life like that where they reach a certain age or they reach a certain level of education and they think, okay, well, I know everything now. Like I, And maybe they don't even consciously do that, but they approach situations as if they're the smartest person in the room, that they know everything. And, and it hinders them actually because you, you can't continue to progress if you always think you're the smartest right. or you always think you're good at everything or you know everything. Um, so it, I, I've also been reading this book called Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday and he brings up this con- this concept, which is basically the same concept, but he his chapter is titled Become a Student and just be become a student in every situation. And it's the same concept as beginner mindset. But um, the book is about stoicism and I actually had mm-hmm. a completely misunderstanding of what stoicism was i thought it was about not feeling anything like just like being so in control of your emotions that you don't feel anything but it's actually more about like being grateful when good things happen to you and then when bad things happen like not making it part of your identity and knowing that it'll pass too not making either one your identity you know not taking credit for all the good things and all every aspect of everything and not like becoming a victim of every bad thing that happens to you makes sense yeah, and I, I thought it was a really good book. By the way, I recommend it to everybody. Is Ego is the Enemy. Um, How did your ego uh, survive the book? I loved it. It actually helped my poker game, I think. Really? Yeah, because poker, your ego just is constantly being tested. Because um, your strategy is being tested? Yeah, you think like you're a pretty grounded person, and then... Some poke- noob comes in and wrecks your shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or someone that won that shouldn't have won. Like They're talking mad shit, and they really shouldn't have bet that hand they really should have folded. You had the better hand and they got so lucky on the last card and they ended up winning this huge pot and you're like, you just get really bad. You're Dude, like, when you we fucker, had Jess, you played wrong and had, you won. We had Jess, our friends Jess and Tiff over yeah. and we were playing poker and I was wrecking Nikki and it's like absurd because... When was that? That was the first time, the first time. Oh. Did yeah, I was wrecking that night mm. and then I never did it again, obviously, because I was total beginner's luck bullshit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was wrecking it and like because Nikki's this new poker master, it was just <laughs> I don't I'm not a poker master. Well, new poker master yeah. in the home, right? Yeah, like yeah. you're you were the I love, the, I love you poker. were the poker person in our home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was hilarious. But then you you spanked me so hard after that, I I, I shouldn't even talk. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's hard. Well, poker is also about like making adjustments based on who you're playing with, assessing your enemy. Exactly. Of course. Exactly. So. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to explore this concept a little bit further. What is the concept exactly? The concept, well, there's a few, yeah, <laughs> but mostly like your ego yeah. and ego death. And then also the neuroscience of creativity. Oh, very nice setup. Yeah. Okay. We'll be right back. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We just want to take a break to tell you to like, thanks for listening to our podcast. And if you want to rate it, that would be really awesome for us. Like, Listen, we're on break. We're not talking to you like podcast hosts right now. We're just talking to you like people. As a friend. And we just want to say, please rate the show because it helps out a huge amounts. Like, we're not desperate. We're, like, kind of desperate. We're giving shout-outs right now to all the people who are giving it ratings. So, huge shout-out right now to Brian Jorgensen. That was sick of you, dude. Thank you. God bless. Uh, huge shout-out right now to Mark. Mark W. in Springfield, Connecticut. Back to our podcast. Jenny Bly. Hey, back to our podcast. In Tuscany, and Florida. back to our podcast. God bless you. Thank you. Steven. Huge. Thank you for supporting the show. <laughs>
And we're back. Welcome back. Okay. So I'm reading my book, Ego's Enemy. And now I'm on my book, the the poker book. I can't remember what the name of it is because it's brand new. The Rules of Poker? 10 mm, Rules of Poker? No. 101 was, Rules About mm, Poker? No. I said it in the beginning. 6,000 Things I Wish I Knew About Poker. It's. I feel bad because I forget. The mental game of poker. I play poker so I can poker. Mm, that would have been a better title. Right? You should write to Jared. I'll, I'll see if he's got that in the works. Okay. So I'm reading that book. I'm reading Ego is Enemy. Um, and I start watching YouTube and this video pops up and I click on it. And it's called The Neuroscience of Creativity. And I just thought that was a great title because they have a neuroscientist on there explaining how creativity works. And I was like, well, I have to know because I, I like to know why. Yeah. I want to know why things are. Um, and so his name is Bo Lotto. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, in, in the video, he says that we're always trying to reduce uncertainty as human beings. I took a bunch of notes and I don't know how jumbled these are going to sound, but I'm here to, here we go. I'm here to try to, you can translate represent for the blue collar folks out there. Yeah. I'm not just going to read it off my phone, but I'm just going to like bring up some of the bullet points that I, that I was watching because I thought it was fascinating. And it also has a lot to do with ego. I feel like he doesn't explicitly say that in the video, but he uses other terms like limitations and beliefs and the knowing and being an expert, right? And a lot of that is ego oriented. <laughs> um, so in this video, which I'll try to link if I, Mark, remind me to send you a link. But he says we are always trying to reduce uncertainty as human beings. Like it's just been part of our evolution to reduce uncertainty. It's how we survived. And so we do this by recognizing patterns and then ingraining them into ourselves. And mm -hmm. we starting at a very young age, you start recognizing patterns and then you ingrain them into yourselves. And that's how we make assumptions. And then assumptions is how we form beliefs. Yes. And the beliefs become part of our identity i got moved too many times when i was a kid yes so why make friends that's why we'll a lot of us away. are in therapy we'll just go away yes sounds like you could use a therapist nah i'm good i got it we all built coping mechanisms based on these patterns assuming that they were going to continue that way and then they became beliefs and they become part of your identity they will prove me right they will betray they will me leave you and they will leave me mm-hmm and so subconsciously, maybe you become a self-fulfilling prophecy and push them to leave you. Nah, they suck. To Not keep me. the pattern up. No, nah, I rock, they suck. <laughs> okay, got it, got it. So this is the basis of how all humans operate, which makes us really vulnerable to confirmation bias and then sometimes living a life that we don't like and not knowing how we got there. Um, when you develop the beginner mindset, uh, nothing interesting ever begins with knowing. It begins with not knowing. And if you really think about that, everything you've ever been interested in has begun with not knowing. Yeah, but that's not why I'm interested in it. Is it? I want to know every not? fucking th single thing there is. But because you don't know. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But it begins with not knowing. Because if you knew everything about that thing, you wouldn't be that interested. But that's not what makes it that sexy to me. Mm. I want it all. But this is the mechanics, the neuroscience of what I makes it sexy to you. Okay. So he says, except that you operate on assumptions you just got to accept that identify what your assumptions are and then start to question those assumptions and this is really difficult to do because to question assumptions means to question what you already believed to be true and maybe how you've shaped your identity so you're questioning your entire identity basically as a human being so the questioning that goes against everything our brains have evolved to do, which is to reduce the uncertainty. And we that's why we resist going to this place of uncertainty, even if it may be a, a way better situation for us. I think Nikki's a bitch. Are I, you certain? I hung out with Nikki. Uh -huh. That was my entire worldview. I really believe Nikki's a bitch, and I like to follow all her posts, and I make sure she knows I think she's a real, real big-time bitch. Big-time bitch. Then I actually see her in real life and she was really cool and she took a picture with me. She's super nice, actually. Oh, this and is I, before? I'm questioning my worldview. No, 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 no. I'm talking <laughs> oh. about it, like if that, then what? If like, oh, somebody in this, like somebody who has an entire thing about somebody, uh -huh. that happens to us all the time. Oh, totally. Assumptions about How us. often, I mean, like do we start, you start watching a TV show and there's a character you're like, I fucking hate this character. Yes. And then by the end of the season, that's your favorite character. Exactly. Yeah. 
or you, or you're like, wow, I still hate this guy. And then you're watching that show called you and you're like, man, I don't even know why I'm watching the show still, but let's, let's, <laughs> let's go to the next episode. Hey, I like you. No, I like you too. But I'm like, why the fuck am I watching this? I don't know, I'm even rooting for this guy, but I, but I'm still want to watch this next episode here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what am I doing? Got it. Yeah. That's how I felt with Game of Thrones for a while, but then I ended up falling deeply in love with all of them. But how crazy is it that it takes three seasons to get into Game really of Thrones? Does. It really does. It's a... Uh, come at me, dude. It's a long Guess time what? commitment. That's part of my worldview now, okay? You gotta really <laughs> decide you wanna watch that show. Yeah. But then once you do, it's very great after three seasons. Yeah, but then it sucks ass after seven seasons. Yeah, well, we won't go there. All okay, right. so back to creativity and the neuroscience behind creativity and this place of uncertainty. So we resist going to this place of uncertainty, but that is the exact pathway to creativity. And then creativity is where love and joy live. I love. I added that part because <laughs> I really do think that love and joy come from this creative flow of energy. Yeah. I mean, when you think of you want to get really like spiritual if you think of like god and like creation and like or even if that's not what your beliefs are but like the creation of nature and yeah. anything um it's all like got this love energy to it like this joy this vibe um destruction has the like energy. but no but this kind of energy is like what you know went into making I think that what you're pointing out about ego and the and creation yeah. is part of the problem with modern day, a lot of shit that I'm watching, like Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Like those guys couldn't get out of their own way. They're like, we're not going to give the audience what they want. Yeah. We're going to give the audience some kind of diversion that they were never expecting. And it's like, no, actually you built it up for me mm -hmm. to want this. Like, and you're not, and you're zagging at the last minute to try to trick me. Yeah. Instead of just giving us what we wanted this whole time. I think that actually fits really well into a topic of the path of least resistance. But Yeah, exactly. We that's a separate topic. But it's ego. But it's yes, all ego. It is it's ego. this thing like where Absolutely. everyone's gotta wipe on everybody else and be like, yeah. oh, look, I'm doing look something how genius so different. I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing something that's genre breaking like, or whatever. Then they won't know. It's like what happened with new Star Wars, man. Star they're like, Wars. They're like, Oh yeah, you wanted that to happen? You were expecting that shit to happen? Nah, fuck you. You're not gonna get that. Yeah. Actually, Luke Skywalker was a drunk old man who peed himself. <laughs> it's like, great. Well, that sucks ass. Cool. Hey, you weren't expecting this, were you, asshole? Hey, we really uh, turned Star Wars on its own head. And it's like, yeah. no, dude, you actually just... You're like, right. I wasn't expecting for you to ruin my childhood. Yeah, you, great. Well, you, know, you cool. took something that we were excited to yeah, see, the loved. continuation of the story, and then you go, nah, he's a, he's a drunk homeless man like who lives in the woods now and sucks on titty milk or whatever. I didn't watch it, but now I don't need to. You really don't. Okay. Um, yeah, so this this whole thing of uh, resisting uncertainty makes us really susceptible to confirmation bias where your brain will look to confirm the information that you give it. So like once you've uh, formed these beliefs and these assumptions and all this stuff, then you're just, your brain is naturally continually seeking ways to confirm that it's true. Of course. Yeah. Um, so... No one's immune to this. In fact, you may be even more susceptible to it with higher intelligence and higher status because that in itself becomes a confirmation bias. It's become part of your identity that you're more intelligent and I therefore always right. I agree with other intelligent people who agree with me. Yes. You see it in politics a lot. You also see a huge disdain for U-turns in politics where a politician might change their mind about something with new information, but then people are like, no, you already said. That's a flip-flop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he also explains the neuroscience behind creativity in the way that um, you can only move to the next logical step in small steps. Everybody, anybody, any person on this world can only move to the next logical step. And that's all you can do. And that's how you get through life is moving to the next logical step. And this all comes down to our realm of possibility based on our personal history and the assumptions we formed in our personal realities. So for people who are creative, it may look like they're connecting two wildly different things where you're like, how the fuck did they do that? Like they went from here to here. They made, made a leap and it looks like magic, but it's actually not a giant leap. It just looks that way from the outside because for the creative person, it's a much smaller step in their world, but they may have deepened their realm of possibility because they may be very open-minded or have gotten really used to questioning their own assumptions. So there's a whole range of possibility for them and it goes much deeper. It's still only the next logical step though in their world. So it changes your whole reality. 
Traveling, learning about different cultures, expands your perception, deepens your realm of possibility, and changes the complexity of your assumptions. Um, and really, truth is just perception. Perception is based on assumptions and beliefs. And so you literally change your truth by, by doing this kind of stuff and constantly questioning your assumptions. Uh, you have to be open-minded. You have to go against what feels like is protecting you. And knowing that we all succumb to confirmation bias, if we knew that our brain will automatically search for confirmation based off things we tell it, a way that I've found to use it to your advantage is to tell your brain nice things so it will seek confirmation for it. Um, so you'll start to see more of those things pop up and it can really transform a lot in your life. And it's a simple concept, but it's not easy if you're not used to it. So what you focus on uh, grows, right? This is just like a really simple exercise to, to show what I'm talking about. Um, what you focus on grows. So just right now, take like 30 seconds and look around the room for anything and everything blue. Okay. Okay. I'll let you do that. Maybe not 30 seconds. I got it already. It's like a long time. I'm done. Okay. Everything blue. You got yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Now close your eyes. How many things in the room were red? Fucking nothing. Everything's blue. Now. <laughs> I'm looking for blue. Okay. Now open your eyes. Those shit they don't tell you poster immediately. That's it. Yeah. That's basically it. There's no red in here. Yeah, there isn't. There isn't very much red in here. No. But for those of you at home, maybe there's more red in your house and now you're seeing it. Um, but you you can tell your brain what <coughs> to focus on. So if you're only looking for blue, you're only going to see blue. Of course. And you, you miss all of the red. I should have said yellow. I should have said, tell me all the things that are yellow because there's more yellow in you here. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot more. But yellow. anyway, that was my point. And... Um, yeah, changing. Well, you just made me feel insecure about my ability to look at colors. So thanks. thanks well, you point. actually should feel insecure about that because you get a lot of colors wrong, and you say that you're not colorblind, I'm which not is perfectly fine to be colorblind. I don't. Look, I just don't understand wrong. all the color spectrums. Like, like this one's mauve. I'm like, fuck you. Just call it dark pink. Yeah. Fuck yourself. I mean, yeah, you have a hard time with like the ones, the, the colors that are similar, yeah. like. He calls red orange a lot, and vice versa, and or you'll call pink. Orange. Everyone does that though. Reds are oranges a lot, and oranges are reds a lot too. Yeah, they, it all kind of is one color for Steve. They're all bastards of the same color, <laughs> same drunk ass dad I mean, leaving them. In that perspective, that everything's the same color. Well, uh, the lack of light, you know, means everything is one color as well. Black. So fuck you, and that's not even color apparently. But fuck well, that. That's like saying that planet that, that Pluto is not even a planet. Fuck you. That's what I say. What's not a planet? Pluto. They say Pluto's oh, not even a planet. Sorry, I thought you said blue is not a plant. No, they say Pluto is not even Pluto's a planet. Pluto is not a planet. Saying that black is not a color is like saying Pluto. Well, they Pluto brought it is back. They brought it back. They did not. They did. I did think they, they brought it black. I think they brought it back. Well, why isn't black a color? Of course, black's a color. Fuck Unless you. It's the absence of color. Nah, fuck that shit. Or maybe white is. I can't. I remember. like Pluto and I like the color black. Anyway, continuing on. Right. <laughs> this. Uh, so an example of how I use this uh, is changing my reaction to bills. I think I've talked about this before, but instead of looking at them with stress, like I used to, like it was in a never ending cycle of doom, um, I would go instead, I changed it so that every time I saw a bill, I would go, yes, I'm so thankful I have the money to pay for this. And I would, until I genuinely meant it. No, I, I didn't. Oh, I, would, I didn't actually have I the money to pay for one. it. Yeah. yeah. And then, but I don't know if it's subconscious or I mean, obviously partially luck but for some reason the money would always come somehow like you know weirdly oddly, and unexpectedly similarly i did this before you and i got together when i came to an empty apartment i would open the door and i'd say honey i'm home <laughs> <laughs> see you do it yeah but no but yeah. it was it was uh very cathartic and it made me laugh a little bit because there was literally nobody in there. It was there. kind of de a depression, a depressing yeah, it was like contrast. A yeah, contrast like to funny make yourself laugh. Thing. Yeah, you have to laugh at things or else I'm done anyway. So yeah, I just found a way to laugh at it. Exactly. Yeah. And then you ended up manifesting a honey that you come home to. Go figure. Go figure. So uh, yeah, I would say I'm so thankful I have the money to pay for this until the days that I actually did have the money to pay for it, which now continually confirm my beliefs that I am able to pay my bills no problem. Right. So when I get a bill, I I go. Cool. I have the money to pay for that. That's awesome. Right. And it changed it changed my whole reality. Like cuz I'm you don't have to carry that stress around that every time you see a bill that your life is stressful, mm -hmm. that you don't have enough, that you will constantly experience struggle. You just go, "Yay." 
I got this until somehow. it is I'll a yay. It out. Yeah. 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 And it may sound hokey to you or it may sound like survivorship bias, which we covered in a different episode, but I saw it as I didn't have anything to lose by changing my mindset this way. Like, mm-hmm. what did I have to lose? Just like feeling foolish, like feeling dumb for, for trying it. Like, who cares? Right. Nobody was there. Nobody knew about it. And if the outcome was different, like, okay, I didn't, I didn't lose anything. I didn't have the money to pay for it anyway. So, and believing, I think telling my brain that I did have the money gave me the drive to find the resources to pay for it, to actually like make it true. Got it. Uh, and what if it went the other way? If I told my brain a different belief and things never changed, I like only risked like maybe feeling embarrassed to my own self. So, okay, the worst that could happen is I go, well, that didn't work out. Then I try a different way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, but it did work out and it continues to work out. And I just think that's so interesting. When I was watching this video, I was like, huh, yeah, I really challenged my assumptions. I assumed that I would never have money to pay for my bills. And those formed beliefs and those that formed an identity of me being a person that doesn't have money. I was like, I'm just, we know people like that. There are people, there are haves and there are have nots and I'm a have not. And that's my belief. We know people like that. Absolutely. And I wish that they would at least try to try it a different way. Cause you really don't have anything to lose. Just mentally. Yeah. Just try it and, and try it without judgment, without feeling dumb, without just completely open-minded, like, I, I had the money. Yay. Yay. Yeah, I have it. it. Just works. to see what happens. Yeah. And it may it will feel really weird at first. Right. Because you're not used to that. It goes against your entire evolution of your brain, like he was talking about. But it's also just a it's a better attitude to be around, right? When yeah. you're with people and they're constantly negative about literally everything that's yeah. going on, that really doesn't attract a lot of other things. They constantly attract negative things. Yeah. And I'm not gonna deny that those negative things happen to them and come into their lives, but it's really weird that they are always talking about that and then they continually attract those negative things exactly and that which and it further confirms that it further confirms their biases one of my favorite things that i did to cope with the death of my grandfather was um i tell i like to tell the story that my grandfather rooted for the san diego Chargers his whole life and that they always let him down and then when he's on his deathbed they lost again and then he died <laughs> because like there they were again and they let him down and they killed him they killed him they put the man under and he's dead because of the chargers lost right mm. and it's just a, it's not true yeah he died like when it was before the season started mm-hmm. yeah i think they were like maybe in training camp or whatever but it was not that time of year but that just gives me these fuzzies <laughs> that helps me deal with it because yeah. I watched him watch them lose so many times growing up, like watching him watch them lose and being like, maybe next year, just, it just, <laughs> it just tickles me. It gives me a little bit of like, uh, it reminds me of him. First of all, yeah. it's like I'm hugging him in a way, remembering him and how I always watch him, like his, him get his heart broken by this fucking team. And, uh, and it just makes me laugh in a way that, you know, I could just look at his death and go, that was horrible and that like that impacted me in such a way and all that stuff i'll never get to see him again but instead i i look at that and i think about them letting him down one more time and it just makes it almost like a meme to me it makes mm. it fun and funny for some reason in a dark way yeah it just helps it helps with your coping with death i have to laugh at things or, or i'm doomed yeah so so you see mechanism. death as not like this end all be all thing like it's no just how can i like, twist it into yeah. the scene and make it funnier for me that's right? great yeah yeah it reminds me of the honey i'm home thing you know, yeah. um, and this this also reminds me of that is a thing. That, uh, another thing that really deepened my gratitude is romanticizing your life, um, which is not about money or material items, but it's about like really loving the life that you have and really honing in on like the little things that bring genuine joy for me, not comparing your life to other people, uh, just like falling in love with what you got. So like my, you know, the kitty purrs that wake me up in the morning, the smell of fresh coffee, freshly brushed teeth, like listening to a song I really love, eating foods that are really tasty and nourishing. It's like a a constant appreciation for what you have and not getting wrapped up in this image of what other people think of your life. Mm -hmm. Like when you can romanticize your own life and like almost like you're watching the main character of a movie, like go through their life and like they, it's like, like, oh, they get this. This is their little world. Like yeah. they get like they wake up to these kitties and that they come down to this coffee. And like, you know, it helped me a lot in therapy to have that outsider perspective of yeah, like, what constant. if yeah, you were told that this was going to be your life. And I just 
became so much more conscious of like, wow, like I really like my life. This is, and I, and I do that continually. Makes you appreciate things. Yeah. And it's not like there's never any struggle. There's so many obstacles and struggles and stuff, but it keeps you centered in this way that like, no matter what I can weather that struggle because like, I love everything that's that's in my life. And that's just part of the story. That's part of the movie is th- there's a conflict, you know? I open my I open my fridge and I'm like, oh, is there a monster in there? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> that's I, that's your main character I crack story. Crack it open, yeah. Yeah. I go over to my We hear the fizz of the monster as he cracks I it open. I fucking love it. I love how cold it is. Take that first sip, get that he, little He enters an office cluttered with other cans of similar nature. Then <laughs> empty monster cans. He sits upon his battle station. And yes, I do call it a battle station, actually. You fucking do. He deal does. With it. It's I call weird. my pewter my battle weird. station. Yeah. You know why? Because I have two fucking monitors now. All right. So I can track all kinds of shit. And then I check on all my, well, I collect all my staking rewards, check on all my shit. And that's my favorite part of my morning. That's great. Yeah. Other than, other than obviously, and then you. It's a way different movie. It's so funny that we are living in two different movies. We are. But then. Because I'm like, what, what do I want to be now? I want to be a person that wakes up in satin pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm like. I'm like, oh, I just bought that crypto. I should probably buy that hat too, huh? Yeah, that's yeah. that's the guy you are. Yeah, fuck yeah, I'm not. You're guy. moving. You're evolving. Into, we're both evolving into a mom and dad of different, you know, For like sure. different stereotypes of a mom and a dad. For sure. But yeah, I just started. I started questioning my assumptions in my own life of like, well, you know, all those things where you're like, oh, I wish I was more organized, but I'm just a messy person. You know, I'm just a. I started becoming more organized because I started being like, why not? Like if other people can do it, like I can learn how to do it. And it went back to that beginner's mindset of just like, give me the tools. What do these organized people do? What's their morning routine? Like, what do they like? How's their mindset? Like, and I just like kind of reverse engineered the way that they think and approach things. And then you start like slowly incorporating that. And it's true. When I was at the conscious level, conscious competence, I knew what to do, but I had to think about every little thing. It wasn't natural. Um, it eventually evolved into now. I actually think I'm a kind of an organized person. I was not at all before. That was not my identity at all. Not Time even the slightest. Tell, we'll see. I'm watching. Okay. You. I'm watching. We'll you, see. Buddy. But I think that before when I've ever tried to organize, I'm like, I thought it was just about buying bins and like having a place for everything. But then clutter would still stay out. But now I realize that it's actually more on the habits that you form and the repetition and the repetition and the repetition and making it part of your everyday life. Do you know what something scary Bart Kwan told me this morning? What? My friend, my good friend Bart Kwan. So I was on the phone call with him and he told me that he has a drawer for one item and he has different drawers that just have one oh, item. Oh yeah, he them. told me that because he lights the aesthetic of just like this like clean emptiness like he'll have a closet with like five items on the whole rack because he just likes it to look like a like a couture store you know um, like when you yeah. open a drawer in a couture store and it has like a, a watch yes just one yes 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 yeah he likes like that and i get that if you're a minimalist like fuck like yeah that's perfect i'm like just don't start killing mailmen and shit <laughs> it just sounds so fucking creepy it's so american psycho it's probably a way of coping with some of his childhood stuff that he's been through of not having control over anything i'm like bro you know um if the ice cream uh man in the in the neighborhood goes missing yeah i wonder what happened yeah he also has a lot of guns watch out for that guy (laughs) he's also the person i want to go to when there's an apocalypse though in a second (laughs) please protect us in a second um so anyway yeah i've been kind of living like this for a while over the years like incorporating things like huh what else can i do that i thought I, I wasn't that type of person. I thought that that could never be me. What else could I do? Like if in my ideal world, like what's the Nikki that I would want to be? And then I slowly started like figuring out what fat habits to form to get there. And it's really worked out. And it's really like all part of this confirmation bias and also like letting go of what I think I know and being open and being a beginner and like asking why and trying to learn and falling and getting back up and all of that stuff. Um, so I've been living like this for a while and romanticizing life. Um, but I recently posted a, a picture of our little patio with the inflatable hot tub, the freaking party out there, Fuck you yeah. know, with the light and everything Who's hating on that shit and the plants. And it's bringing me so much joy because it's like so silly. I never, I 
never thought we'd have an inflatable hot tub. But we do. But I love it. It's like actually so relaxing. We and call it the Coleman. Most people were like, oh, dope. But one person was like, why are you guys so cheap? Why don't you buy a bigger house? And it really threw me. Not, I wasn't mad or anything. I didn't take it personally, but I was, I had just not, it had not entered my mind that someone would see a picture of that and be like, ew, why don't you buy something bigger? Where the fuck do they live? And then also I was like, wow, if I really was the type of person that let others perceptions of what my life is determine like the image that I want to put out, which a lot of people do, oh, yeah. um, but You'd like that's all ego, you know? It's like you're buying things just to prove that you have a certain life but they think instead our, of doing it for you. They think our backyard sucks? I guess, I guess. Are you kidding me? They, they, don't, they have no idea. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like if we had $10 million, I would be shopping for a, a $2 million house or something like that. Our backyard would be the fucking same though. I mean, yes, it would be bigger but it would in be scale, but it would have the jacuzzi. The same the elements. Same elements and yeah. the stupid fucking lights and all, all the same And that's same the shit. point is just honoring like the feeling that it brings you, not what the actual thing is. Yeah. Like Come on. I used to get this like as a treat, like a treat if I did, if I did all my work and like I had a, you know, I'd go, I had a productive week. I would go to the 99 cent store and I would pick out a 99 cent nail polish. And that would be my treat for the month wow. because I was so poor, but you still need a little treat, you know, to keep yeah. you going, like something to keep you going. And so it didn't matter that it was a 99 cent nail polish. It was a reward that I got that when I painted my nails and I looked at my nails throughout the day, it reminded me that I earned that. And it was like so exciting and empowering for me. It, it was empowering that like, I didn't let money take a hold of how I felt about myself or how I, how I felt about myself. You shedded the, the, the hold that it had over you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The this, this attachment to, if I make X amount of money, people need to know that's how much money I make. And by the way, she still uses 99 cent nail polish to this day. What do you <laughs> think of that? I use $2 nail polish now. Do you actually? Yeah, I've upgraded. No. I use like, it's gels. They're $10, but, um, but they last a long time. You lost that little touch though, huh? No, it still gives me the same amount of joy. <laughs> same amount of joy. What's I actually, your biggest gripe about 99 cent nail polish? Go. It chips too easily. Ah. And it's also made with toxic chemicals. Ah. Uh, yeah, so if you're like eating with your fingers and then you have toxic. Oh no. Yeah, it's not great. Okay. No, not great. Little trade off there. That's a little trade off is what they call that. But yeah, that was how I like found my way into it. So it's like, oh, now I'm a person that has painted nails, yeah. whereas I wasn't before. Right. I was just like, well, it made me feel a little bit better about myself. And then it slowly started snowballing that way. But um, yeah, we're coming to the end oh, here. Yeah. And this is it. basically, I feel like beginner's mindset can make you more present and it can help you experience the world with more curiosity instead of coming at it with a bias, which will, I think, make you happier as a person in general. Um, and you can do this with little things like tasting your food as if it was like the first time you've ever had that food. Mm. I think some of us, and I learned this in acting too, as my teacher was like, yeah, we get so used to our surroundings that we don't even look at things anymore. We just go, yeah, I know it's a tree over there. I know it's sky's blue. I know road. I know, and you're not even looking at the things. You just know. You like know it all in your head. And you're like, I already know. And you're not tasting your food. You're fucking on your phone while you're eating because you already know what it tastes like. And to just experience things like you don't know is so enriching to your life and deepen, I feel like deepens your perceptions. So of go things. try the Taco Bell new item is what you're telling me. And taste it like you've never tasted it before. But even though it's the naked chicken chalupa, but I have tasted that before. I have tasted that before. But you're saying to try it like I had never even tasted yeah, it Yeah, taste time. something that you've, you already know what it tastes like. Yeah, but I already had it. I didn't like it. It was dry. Then you're an expert. No need to try. Probably I'm going to the wrong Taco Bell, huh? Probably. Got to try the different Taco Bells. Yeah. Same item, then it's different like, Taco Then Bell. you're a beginner there. Okay, yeah. I can be a beginner there. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. So I hope that helped. Um, I hope that maybe it opened up something for you. Um, if maybe you're feeling like you're in a rut or just in general you want to change, uh, try it out. It reminds me of something that I was telling a friend several months ago. They were not liking um, something that they were doing. And uh, they would focus on how much they didn't like it, right? Yeah. And I just asked them, well, what do you love about it? Because you've been doing it. Mm -hmm. What do you love about it? 
And they're like, well, I love this. And I was like, well, make that your little island that you swim to whenever you feel like, fuck this shit. Yeah. And just swim over there and go, That's, this is why I love this place. Yes. And, and what you focus on grows. Yeah. And if you like the blue in the room. Yeah. And if you just go there instead of looking at all the shit you hate about it, that's your little safety spot that you can, you can, the seed that you can grow the whole thing. Yeah. And you'll continually find maybe more things that you like about it because you're already in this mode of like, oh, I like this. Yeah. Um, whenever people ask us the question, sometimes when we answer questions on this podcast of, I, I think I want to, I hate my job. I want to switch jobs, but I don't know if I can because I need the money or the stability or whatever. I always start with, well, is there anything you like about your job? Like, is there any mm -hmm. aspect of it that you like, that you love, that you find joy in, that you're passionate about? Um, and if not, is there something that you could learn to like, like that you could, is there something you could add that you do like? Is there something that you maybe could get into, but you haven't really explored it yet? If so, try that. And if no, the answer is no to both of those, then I would look for, look into the option of quitting your job and finding something that you're truly passionate about. But only after those two options are explored. So there it is, folks. Quit your jobs. Quit your jobs. That's what we're getting at. Build a hut Quit in in Hawaii. And find your island. Sell your wares. That's my dream. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All okay, right. that's all we got for you today, folks. We hope to see you next time. Please, if you like the show, like us on on the various apps that you're listening. It helps a lot. Give us the five stars. I don't think they can like you on an app. You can give five star ratings on iTunes. Helps or you a lot. can like us on YouTube. Helps a lot. Yeah. Go to the YouTube, leave tell, a comment. But tell your friends. That helps a lot that helps. too. And uh, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash sticky. No pressure. But we will see you next time regardless. Bye-bye. Bye. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.